You sign a deal with a witch, you get all your hair back, but it has to be Carrot Top's hair. No. <laughs> Welcome to my land. <laughs> you, in order to make this pact, you must watch then do a podcast on the Big Bong Theory. <laughs> this is your task and curse, to get your hair to be come back and look like Carrot Top. Oh, thank God, my savior. <laughs> Also, I love the funny papers. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny! Expensive. Wanna Whatever! Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the funny papers. A show where three 30-somethings share collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Doug invented Bazinga, no further questions. And Jim. If you die in the podcast, you die in real life. Today, we cover episode 24, part 2 of Doug. And if you're following along on YouTube for whatever reason, this is episode 18 due to the time break. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode 24, part 2's title is Doug's worst nightmare. President Hillary Clinton. <laughs> God damn it. Just fucking throw the computer off the table. I'm not wrong. <laughs> Come to this. <laughs> I mean, it's Jim Jenkins' worst nightmare. I'm not sure if Doug particularly cares. Right. Doug is absolutely all in on Ron Paul. <laughs> I mean, who is it? Ooh, before we go too far into this... We have very, as is you would expect, given the discussion of Ron Paul and Hillary Clinton, the subject of today's episode is unresolved sexual tension. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, uh-huh. So this episode, <laughs> God damn it. This episode begins in the fantasy world, uh, and there is a, like, a, there's no reason for this, but a truck passes by. And it says, fresh beets, nature's natural edible, <laughs> which, I don't Very, know, man. They use their time so well in this episode. <laughs> yeah, somebody spent effort on that non-joke that will not be seen by anyone. Except for Apropos us. Apropos of nothing. It's for us. We know it's this. It's for us, and it's a middle finger in our direction <laughs> saying, you wasted seconds of your life. You're not going to get back to read this, you fucker. Owned. It was, like, referencing, it was Jenkins heard a, a, a tickle in his ear about that time when we were like, I don't know if beets are something else in this ep- in this universe. Like, what could they be? They're, maybe they're not beets, right? They're weed, and so, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I know what weed is, man. <laughs> I've, I've done weed. <laughs> it's nature's candy, don't you know? God damn it. <laughs> uh, well, so so in this, uh, this throwaway joke happens that we also threw away in the garbage. And then it shows Roger running. And there's like peaceful music playing and Roger's... And Roger runs with like, he's not even looking at anything, his eyes are closed, and Doug is chasing him. He chases him through all kinds of terrain, he chases him through the no desert. No subtext here. Totally. Doug is chasing after Roger as his arms are outstretched, he's running through deserts, he's running through icy lands, Antarctica, he's running through the, the forests, and then it pulls back. And Roger's running to embrace Judy, who is also running forward. And Doug says, it was a force bigger than me, and I was powerless to stop it. Different from all their forces in what way, Doug? (laughs) Because Roger is in love with my sister Judy. Oh, no. Now, you might think... In a show where one character falls in love with another character, there would be some sort of inciting incident. You would think (laughs) that, and it doesn't happen. There's no reason for this. It's just, it's just, uh, you're supposed to just assume it is true. Yeah. I mean. There's also, I, the closing sequence of this, which is, I have to attest, a actually fairly solid gag is Doug is, tries to stand between the two of them with their his arms outstretched to hold them off, and the two of them 
both passionately kiss either side of his head and then recoil like, ew. And, and, and Doug, Doug screams. <laughs> As he screams. He's, he's fantasizing right now about his sister and his bully kissing him. This is <laughs> not... loves it. This is not hyperbole. This is what happens. This is that is what happens. It's written in the script. This is the uh-huh. most. This isn't the most horny episode, but it's definitely the most psychosexual episode. It's also uh-huh. a very, very bad episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. And okay, so let's talk about. You're saying no inciting action for this. Mm-hmm. This is the episode that's right after the episode where Judy, like, she she formed a play that everyone was in, and Roger was also in. Like Roger Ro- got to. Sort of rap, yeah, like scat and 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 rap a little bit about how he was a a, a Pork piece of roast of hospitality. Yeah, yeah. This would take this would take five seconds to set up. Just have <laughs> have Judy do something that impresses Roger, and then put hearts in his eyes. But that does they don't do that. Yeah, well, no. Maybe it happens after he's impressed that she like got the entire town to watch a good show, show it, in the last. Then show it. <laughs> I spent the first half of this episode figuring they were going to somewhere else with this, where because Doug is paranoid, Doug thinks that Roger has fallen for Judy when actually, no, there's a completely innocent explanation for it. But no, actually, it's completely accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Doug decides this based on basically nothing. And oh, don't worry, Doug, your intuition was in fact correct. That's always the case where it's don't worry, you were the thing you were worried about never mattered. (laughs) Never matters. Well, this okay. also is an episode in the wonderful tradition of Doug. If you did nothing, nothing would have changed. Basically, well, okay. So we cut out of this. This is like the intro fantasy stinger, and we cut out of this to another. Like we don't know what the fuck's going on in this, but it's like a Godzilla story, except it's a beat. It's Beatzilla. Nice, which is the usual, and uh, he's same joke. The town. Same joke over and over again. Classic Doug. So, uh, Beatzilla destroys the town, and some scientists talk about putting him in a giant food processor. The giant food processor is way too small to put Beatzilla into. Don't fucking worry about it. This is a throwaway gag. Basically. Because we see that this was just a movie that some that Doug was watching, because the channel changes, and it changes to Shakespeare on Ice starring Derek Derrickson. A return. Two-parter return here. <laughs> Yeah, Derek Derrickson, recall, was the person who was giving an award to Judy for directing, and then Judy gave it to Doug because it was Doug's fantasy and Doug has to win. Mm-hmm. Note that that episode would have had a lot more meaning if it had occurred in the other way around. If we'd had it first established that Judy looks up to this guy and then Doug imagines that, oh, hey, that guy Judy likes will give her a trophy. She'd be so happy about that. That would have some emotional That's resonance. That's true. As it is. <laughs> nope, right in the dumpster. They've done this deliberately to minimize any emotional impact. They're <laughs> trolling us. I have come to believe that they are trolling us in the past, knowing we're going to watch this in this year. Us specifically. Right. Again, right. we have to clarify. Jim Jenkins has tested us, and in time, we will need to extract our pound of flesh. You get it? It's a Shakespeare <laughs> reference, people. Oh, <laughs> that is the best Shakespeare. That's better than any Shakespeare reference in this show, because <laughs> there are a bunch of them. When uh, when Derek Derrickson says "to be or not to be," I was really expecting him to say "to beat or not to beat." Right, yeah. me too. Because <laughs> they they've done weird like knockoffs of non copyrighted properties before. <laughs> Yeah, just like for no reason. Yeah. The play is called Beatlet, but that's just for unrelated reasons. Uh, yeah, and like he's doing that scene. Like that's a it's weird. Like Judy looks up to this guy, but he's doing the to be or not to be scene, which is like arguably the most dramatic part of Hamlet, right? Like it's yeah. the scene where it's like about that doesn't tension. consist of anybody the, the most dramatic scene that doesn't consist of everybody tripping and falling on eight different swords. Right. But it's like the part where he like reconciles what life is right but in this like Derek Derrickson is like smiling smugly and like doing ice skating tricks but it is better to be handsome awesome and generally cool or to be some loser doing a podcast <laughs> the second one yeah that one that yeah, one obvious. the one I like that one 
<laughs> That's the one everyone By likes. choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, it turns out that Judy has changed the uh, the channel. She's done this by physically moving the rabbit ears on the television. That's definitely uh, how channels work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and she has changed it to watch this because she loves it, and it's great. Uh, so then Doug is just like, all right, well, let's just go. We'll just go watch it at Cedar's place, right? Screw this. Judy is kind of being shitty insofar as you got two people watching right now, man. What the hell? Yeah, but this is probably, this might be a live event, right? Whereas opposed to watching like an old video. Yeah. So, and maybe, maybe she also like reserved it. I don't know. Also, she'll beat up Doug. This has been shown constantly. Yeah, that that is an important counterpoint. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the thing. They should have shown them, her bullying Doug and then Roger's attracted to that. That Oh my God. Well. Yeah, like Roger could have come been over already because Roger just comes over, right? And then he would yeah. have been like, Ooh. "There's about to be a moment that is one of the most blatant Doug writers just kicking sand in our faces." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so there, Doug and Skeeter get up to leave. They're just like, "All right, we'll just watch it at Skeeter's place. Fuck this." And then Roger shows up in a tie. He does not. He he's just at the door when Doug opens it, and he's just like, "Hey, man." And then Doug slams it in his face. This is uh, how Doug usually responds when he opens the door. Yeah, he, he has like multiple times. three different times, times now. Yeah. <laughs> he did it to the pizza guy. He's done it to, like, uh, Patty, to Patty. And, uh... Yeah. Connie, yeah. I think. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Who were, and the old people who and showed And Mrs. Up. Wingo. He did it to the horrible imagination imagined version of mrs wingo he drew yeah <laughs> doug, doug should never answer the door <laughs> it's just it's good, life, good life advice honestly just never, yeah. never son, the door. first you open the door take a look at them then slam it shut while screaming that teaches <laughs> them proper respect for interrupting our meal time right well i mean it was a little jarring because roger didn't knock on the door he just happened to open it at the right time right. roger's been waiting out of there for days i was just standing here don't worry about it funny I mean, we've seen before that's what Roger does. His just, favorite like, thing to do is live in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Roger shows up and uh, skiers. <laughs> oh, they do it again. <laughs> <laughs> they use the C word. <laughs> Sandy, yeah. you want to take it? <laughs> Maybe he wants to cream you. Of course he does. Fill up my dug hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they say in there. Meanwhile, outside of Sam's magical dimension, what it said? Cream me? Why? He's Roger. He doesn't need a reason. Which is as much justification as they use for him wanting to date Judy. (laughs) Also, when you recall that Skeeter and Roger are the same person, I don't know, Doug. Do I need a reason? Also, yes, sir. (laughs) <laughs> also holy shit it's good it's good that you mentioned that because as uh skeeter says i don't know maybe he wants to cream you skeeter is grinning like <laughs> yeah, skeeter's pumped as hell <laughs> like skeeter's skeeter. bored of the movie it's time for extracurricular daddy's maybe. gonna get his cummies no like let's assume for a minute that the truth is fake and roger and skeeter aren't the same person let's assume that your bully is (laughs) i know i know it's hard to imagine uh let's assume that roger is that your bully is showing up to your best friend's house and he and you say to him you say i don't know man maybe he's just here to beat you up he's grinning right yeah (laughs) So this I would has- assume that person isn't my friend. Yeah. I'd assume that person was green and coming to cream me. <laughs> you doing okay, Jim? I don't know. It, it, it's taken some effort out of me. Because you had to assume for a minute that the real reality... Ah! <laughs> no. Jim, okay, go back. We're don't back worry, I'll, I'll cream okay. you after the episode, Jim. <laughs> okay. Good. Goodness, thank goodness. Reality has once again come <laughs> All right. back to us. Sorry, had a terrible series of visions where uh, everything wasn't as I knew it to be. <laughs> oh, well, we're back, baby. So, Welcome back to reality. Reality yeah. as we stare you in the eye. <laughs> the sensible place where it is normal to have a podcast about Doug. 
unblinking. We agree with you. We nod. We agree. We say this is good and we like it. I slap the taser with my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam holds the taser to his cheek and licks his lips as he stares at you. <laughs> oh god! And I say, "Good, <laughs> good." Ah, it's just like when I wake up every morning. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> We're having a good time. Well, so <laughs> Skeeter, uh, he's just like he says that, and then Doug opens the door again, and he says, "What can I do for you, Daddy? I mean, Roger." <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can and, let me in, I guess. Yeah. Thanks for that. Asshole. <laughs> and Roger says, Can't a guy come over and hang out with his buddies without a police investigation? Roger A is always here, but B, we've talked a lot about how Roger's dad probably works for the police, right? Yeah. Yeah, like literally, the, Roger just shows up out of nowhere in the pilot to this television show. <laughs> <laughs> and in that one, he just opens the door. Yeah, just, yeah that one, he just busts on in. Yeah, and he does this, and most of, most of the times, most of the times, the conflict arises when Roger shows up uninvited to yell at Doug, right? Just materializes caused by Doug's anxiety. Like, and this this is an abnormal place because he materializes not with Doug anxious, but well, he kind of does because Doug is anxious that he can't see his his stories, right? He yeah, can't watch his TV, point. and maybe that's why, like. That summoned Roger, and he was like, ooh, who caught... Maybe he does realize who caused it, right? Yeah, okay. Roger scented, huh, funny's briefly disappointed. Time to strike. (laughs) Put on a tie for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was just having a police investigation, which is why he's so jumpy about it. (laughs) He's actually working for the FBI. He's a special agent investigating a series of grisly murders in the town. (laughs) Right. And to continue his cover, uh, he, Skeeter asked Roger, Are you wearing cologne? It's Jungle Madness. I wear it all the time, starting today. What do you guys think Jungle Madness smells like? Uh, This part has been censored. No, I think it smells like the Rainforest Cafe. I think it smells like erasers. I think it smells like uh, the part, specifically the part of the Rainforest Cafe when you go to the the gift shop and it has like the shirts are a little moist because the part where it rained in the uh, store because you know it does that and they left the shirts under there for a little yeah, too it long. It smells like it smells like mold covered up with Febreze. <laughs> yeah, which I guess makes sense for Roger's taste, uh-huh. sort of. Sam, I think what it is, smells nice. Sam, we have talked previously about how you've been to the Rainforest Cafe a lot. What does it Twice. smell like? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't. I it is very like humid in there because they, <laughs> they do spray water every. Well, not everywhere. They spray water in the background with the animatronic monkeys and parrots. They spray water on your food constantly. It's impossible to have everything that's not soggy. Yeah, you mm. oh, you always leave there with either uh a um food poisoning or some sort of amoeba based disease <laughs> it's in their slogan the full service uh i mean it is the rainforest so that's true maybe they're just role-playing right that's why it went out of business <laughs> at least it's not the fish that swim up the pea stream and destroy your dick that's a different cafe <laughs> No, that's an actual rainforest that's fish. That's the Amazon Cafe, sponsored ah, by Amazon. the company Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, he'll eat your dick. That's at one of the sp- specific uh, medieval times that they set up in the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Yanomamo time. It's not great in here. Yeah. Oh, man, okay. So, yeah, so, okay, so that's what Jungle Madness is? Sure. Or yes. that, or just off. I agree. Okay. <laughs> I kind of really forced you into that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We all agree on whatever the hell it is we just said. Yeah. Uh, well, so then Roger comes in and he starts creeping on Judy. He just like stares in the door with hearts While for his eyes. While she's watching the TV. And it's like... We know the orientation of the living room, right? Like, mm-hmm. we know that the TV is right next to the entrance. But so, now the TV needs to not be there. So. 
What even? You can even see in the corner that the TV is there. So she knows Roger's there. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. That's right. And okay. So <laughs> yeah, she saw that Doug was hanging out with Skeeter already. Oh, that's true. Okay, okay. So in the okay, yeah. So how do we reconcile that Roger and Skeeter just had a conversation? What happens is Doug actually said, "Hey, let's go watch this at your place." Yeah, sure. He says in Doug's imagination. When actually Roger is now taking over the body that since the movie is gone, he wants to stick around and watch the show with Judy. Oh, alternately. Roger did not spontaneously show up in love with Judy. Skeeter just wanted to sit around. He was okay with watching Shakespeare on ice. And the only way Doug can rationalize this is that Roger has taken over the shared body and must be in love with Judy. Okay. And so when Skeeter is asking Roger, hey, why are you wearing cologne? He's just, that's just something of like, hey, why are you going against me? Or like, what are you, why are you not acting in accordance with how Doug wants you to act? That's not how this should be. Are you interested in someone else? You're going to give up the ghost? You're going to like, oh man. Okay. Doug is so a that's why <laughs> We know this to be true. <laughs> a bratty little sub. I question the power part of that statement. <laughs> a meek bottom. <laughs> so that's why when Roger has hearts in his eyes, that's why it's specifically yeah. like... Int- yeah, 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 totally. Uh, so Judy is there she like she must be staring at roger this whole time she's ignoring him completely she doesn't give a shit that's what roger gets off on so it works yes (laughs) yeah and she and doug says well it's it's worse than we thought roger's got a crush on judy like they're saying this in judy's earshot right Mm -hmm. and judy is actively ignoring her little brother because fuck him Boy, can you imagine what it'd be like if Roger started hanging around here? Oh, yeah? Yeah, fucking imagine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... He comes over every day, Doug. (laughs) He's here in in your backyard, Doug. He's here. This is his house. Remember that time he showed up in your backyard to have moose antlers hair for no reason, Doug? Yeah. Just so he could be bullied by squirrels in a place you could see him, Doug. <laughs> in his perfect reality. That's when Doug liked it. That's when he was laughing. Yeah, seriously. What the fuck? Uh, well, this launches Doug into another fantasy, right? Uh, it goes into where da Roger is dressed also like Judy. Like, he's wearing the beret. He's wearing the glasses. And they're eating a meal together. And they're being all sweetie all over one another and blah, blah, blah. They say the normal yeah. word for dinner, din-din. How's din-din, my sugar lumpkin? Fantastic, sugar-yuggy-yuggy. And why is Doug at this table also, but his parents aren't? Well, you know, he's, he needs to get gooed in the face. <laughs> yeah. So this is how this ends. I'm not. That's not me. Again, no hyperbole. He ends with goo <laughs> in his face. Well, yeah, they're eating. They're they're eating a meal of banana pudding, because Doug says, "Can you pass the banana pudding?" And Roger rockets it in his face, and everybody laughs. <laughs> See, if this scene would have happened in the like a subdued version of this scene happening in the real life, this would this episode would have made a lot more sense. But it happens in his fantasy. Like if Roger had come over for dinner like he did that other time, yeah. like out of the blue. And he falls in love with Judy because he bullies Doug. Or she bullies And Judy Doug. would like laugh at it yeah. or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's right there. If- Instead, we have, to, <laughs> we have to watch like several minutes of his, like Roger and Doug interacting with Roger's minions for no, yeah. no payoff whatsoever. <laughs> the one thing that I think is really interesting in this scene is specifically that they're eating banana pudding. Uh, because if you recall, banana pudding was what Roger and Wingo made together in the and by Chef made episode. together, I mean Wingo just made it. Right, well, so Wingo made it, and then Roger, like, fucked it up extra, right? So, maybe in this scene, 
Judy is Wingo or like Roger took some food from Wingo and brought it to them because I think it's I think it's it's really important that this is banana pudding. Well, I, do you like my my overarching theory is that this 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 is another one of the episodes that's just happening a hundred percent inside Doug's head. So he's just okay. pulling out references that he's had with Roger in the past. So that's where the banana pudding comes from. Okay, that this is like something that he's associated Roger eating before. Yes. Okay. Okay, that'll make sense. He's, he's in the yeah. mind palace right now. <laughs> and honestly, from a practical development standpoint it's probably that the creators were like what is a food that's been associated <laughs> with roger wait no that gives them way too much canon credit never mind All right we're pointing way to, we, we, we've already put a thousand percent more thought into this episode than than the writers the producers did always this is always the case <laughs> <laughs> enough brain power to start the sun back up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, we're we're very powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and the writers of Doug are talking directly to us, directly into our brains. <laughs> we hear so, them in our sleep now. Yeah. So uh, then we go back into the real world, and Roger like makes fun of Derek Derrickson, right? Like, within earshot again. He's like, who's this loser? I was laughing about him, like, being just attracted to Derek Derrickson, and Doug just thought it was attracted to Judy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would make more canonical sense. Because like, funny. And Roger is he definitely... He looks like I do. And he's, like, competent <laughs> and is on TV. He's very muscular. And he does ballet, which Roger does. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Right? He's making fun of a guy for doing ballet, which he does. And and that would be a way we could set up the stakes between Roger and Judy. Yeah, Judy fucking probably goes to the ballet all the time, and it's, Roger like they is in the ballet so bad. It's a, it's sort of amazing. I mean, okay, maybe if people are like following Doug Cannon, they can infer that, but there's no way. There's no there's one no following Doug Cannon <laughs> except us. It's us. It's us on this fucking lonely island in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's clearly not even the writers, because the writers no. only reference their own shit. <laughs> like, every time the writers, the individual writers only reference their own shit. This has happened constantly, Absolutely right? not. The writers oh, might not even exist. <laughs> might just be a psychic link between us and Jim Jenkins. <laughs> Maybe we're writing these oh. episodes. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Why did we do that? I mean, we do a lot of dumb shit. No. <laughs> we only do smart stuff for hunks. That's right. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, so Rogers make fun, making fun of this guy with an earshot of Judy. And then Doug says... He's like, oh, man, well, I got to fix this. And he says that Judy only goes for high class guys. And we know that Roger's the only poor person in town. Yep. Right? Not shoot at all, Doug. <laughs> like, that's fucked cool. up, man. <laughs> <laughs> to use that exact phrasing, like, that's fucked up shit, dude. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. He lives in the one trailer in Buff Bluffington. Uh-huh. Like, just that phrasing. He doesn't yeah. even say, like, artsy guys. He's, yeah. like, only high class Creative guys. types. Because, like, creative yeah. types are, you know, artistic. Get goddamn. <laughs> and, like, I, and he's like, well, yeah, people who can quote Shakespeare while skating is who he goes for, who she goes for. Just pro tip, that's not an artsy person. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Because, like, Shakespeare on ice is, like, a bastardization of Shakespeare. It's to like make it more palatable for people. So <laughs> it's yeah. kind of lowering Shakespeare's like quote unquote class. Kinda. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's not like something that would be. It's like that Romeo and Juliet movie where it's set in the modern times with yes. Leonardo DiCaprio. That was movie good owns. and everyone liked. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, of course. I've seen that. Is I, it saw good? In, I saw it in high school. They played it for me in high school. <laughs> What, did you learn a lot? I learned that they call 
uh, a sword and a long sword, a gun and a machine gun, respectively. <laughs> yeah, they actually put engrave it on the guns because it's funnier. Oh my god, amazing! It's the best adaptation of any Shakespeare ever. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> the second best is Doug's Shakespeare on Ice. Right. <laughs> Did Doug have an on Ice special? I don't remember. Was there Doug on Ice? I know there's Reptar on I Ice. Hope not. I mean, there was the whole like Doug Disney adaptation Let's where that we've watched that. and is good. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There, there couldn't have been. There's no fucking way that Doug was on ice. I'm I'm, I'll look right it up now. while we talk about stuff. <laughs> okay, right, keep going. Let's, Let's keep moving. Uh, so she says that, and Roger is just like, uh, I got. I guess I got something to do, and he like runs off. And Doug is like, you know, did you, they're like, hooray, we did it. We, Skeeter, you and I did it. We saved the day. We made it so that Doug, Roger wouldn't be into Judy. He's like, well, did you see Roger's face? I almost felt sorry for him. And this is just a baffling chain of events. <laughs> what part about that do you think changed anything, Doug? Well, Skeeter does say that he'll miss him smelling like jungle madness. So I, how does this? I've does, learned to appreciate the scent. Yeah, he's like, I appreciate when I sp- when the shared body spruced us up a little bit. Yeah, normally yeah. I don't have control over that part of our morning ritual. <laughs> right. So we're in school the next day, and Roger comes in. He's wearing roller and like like they they sort of just like see him off to the side. He's coming in. and He wears rollerblades, and he's wearing like an ice skating tights and a tutu. Yeah, he's like in a Shakespearean doublet slash ice whatever wear. Right. And he, his friends are like, his goons are like, what the hell, dude? And Roger calls his friends. Sometimes you uh, bourgeois plebes are so pedestrian. Which, you know this was coming. Sidebar time. That's why Jim has been quiet for the last ten minutes. Is he's been amping up to do a sidebar. God, God, his lips. Yeah. I'm waiting for this one because that is a inexplicably perfect moment because one calling somebody bourgeois plebe is a contradiction but it's also in the very specific context of 1992 suburban Virginia something that has meaning okay like, bourgeois is a word for Marxist class analysis to dumb its original meaning down enough that I will be shot by the People's Revolutionary Tribunal, bourgeois means landlords. Plebeian, meanwhile, is a Roman word for the class of people who actually had to work for a living, unlike the other class of Romans who could just make a living by charging plebeians rent. The two things are completely different, except for one very important commonality, they're a thing you can call someone you're mad at. Like... The idea of a bourgeois plebeian is not a thing that exists. Unless you're in suburbia in 1992 and you have an artsy kid. Because if you're an artsy little shit, bourgeois means tacky but in an expensive way. And plebeian means tacky in a commonplace way. So being a... Roger is calling his minions bourgeois plebeians... Either he's calling them hot colds, or he's calling them expensively, commonplacely tacky, which is a thing that exists. For more examples of what that means, please visit McMansionHell.com for pictures of houses that cost millions of dollars while still looking like dog shit. It's great. It's hilarious. Roger's stupid. You get it? Yeah, he doesn't know what to say. He wants to sound cool, and he isn't. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. It's also a thing that, like, people did say, like, bourgeois plebeian taste is, well, this is expensive, so it must be good, right? Got it. actually, asshole. Well, maybe that's what he was saying, because one of his minions is the mayor's kid. That's right. So maybe he, like, has to, he has to say that because he, like, hired the kid. The mayor's kid is Boomer, right? Boomer is the green-haired one. Willie is the son of the mayor. Okay, yeah. got it. The mayor's kid is the one who goes, duh, all the time. Willie White. Gotcha. Right. Big Doug Brain at work. <laughs> Thank you, Doug Brain. 
Thanks, thanks, Professor. No problem. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, proletariat petition. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's why, because he's like he he had to pay a lot of money to like upkeep on that guy. Right. But he also sucks and is stupid. Yes. There. The is. one with ringworm yeah. is the plebeian, and the uh, Willie's Willie White is bourgeois. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, he's talking Bush to him Lager. as a unit. Meanwhile, is the one true so the synthesis and the antithesis and the antithesis. <laughs> well, Boomer's the cool one because he has talk. the shirt. He has the shirt with Star I Trek logo on it. Any sentence that contains the words "Boomer is the cool one." I know. Just hear me <laughs> out. He's he's the only the, the only one with like a cool voice. All the other guys okay, are either point. they either go duh or they go. Like that's the two differences, and then the Boomer has like. Don't make fun yeah. of how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sound cool, like Boomer. Uh, oh <laughs> god! <laughs> hey, at least you're the mayor's kid. Oh, uh, the mayor's one. kid's named Willie. <laughs> 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 Look, if we're gonna talk about who's the real loser here, I spent Jim's sidebar googling if Doug on Ice exists. And <laughs> it does it not. Does not. <laughs> and I tried for both Disney and Nickelodeon. No, it's it not. Oh God! Can you imagine if there were two different Dougs on Ice and they yeah. fought with guns? Yeah. <laughs> and they were good, actually. Yes. They have okay. depth of character and a plot. Uh, no, I, that's what I can't believe. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so yeah, so Roger's talking to his buddies like this, and everybody's just like, "What language is he speaking?" Which is, you know, it's appropriate to ask that. Uh, and so then we cut to lunch, wherein Doug is eating just a beat, a single beat. <laughs> it's like ten yeah. calories. His parents are clearly yeah. not feeding him. <laughs> It's enormous, though. Okay, it's a okay, big it's, ass. It's Thirty calories. <laughs> yeah, but we know we know that's all that's like available at the cafeteria. Right, right? it's like impossible meat, except it's made out of beets instead of question mark plant material. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also good. Right, also very. It might good. be rhubarb. We don't know <laughs> rhubarb. I forgot about rhubarb. That's good. When I die, my last thought will be the word rhubarb. Thank you for that. Bury me with my rhubarb. Mine is going to be the mayor's son's name is Willie. <laughs> not even going to remember what it's in context to, but it's not going to matter. <laughs> Nothing matters. Nothing matters, man. Oh, shit. Okay, so... They're just like, they're eating lunch there, I guess. And Doug is worried that Judy's gonna go for him. And Skeeter mentions that she only goes for weird stuff. This is the closest thing they get to an explanation as to why this is happening. That and I <laughs> yeah. guess like later in the bathroom when Roger realizes that their initials R and J are the same as Romeo and Juliet. That's probably why he likes her. That's, that's yeah. the only thing. It's like it's like Batman versus Superman logic, where Batman doesn't kill Superman because their parents are both named Martha. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah, that movie's that movie's so good. There's a <laughs> sequence where as Batman is beating Superman to death, noted thing Batman can do, Superman just mutters the word Martha. Noted thing you do when you're being hit, you say your mother's first name. And this causes Bruce Wayne to have a serious crisis of identity. It's wow. so fucking dumb. That sounds good, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's more relation than what's going on in here. Like, yeah, there's some setup for that. Yeah. Oh. God. Whereas for this one, just okay. Roger is trying to learn Shakespearean shit to impress Judy. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Carry for on. reason. We cut to the bullies asking Doug to come here, and they show him... Get in that... the bathroom, Doug! <laughs> yeah, they, they shove his fucking head in the bathroom, and they're about to bully him. But then they realize that Roger's busy, because Roger is reading Romeo and Juliet lines out of a book called Shakespeare's Greatest Hits, which I checked to see if it said, like, Beatspear or something, but it uh, doesn't. Yeah, Shakespeare. Shakespeare's Greatest Beats. Right, he's just beatboxing Shakespeare. Right. Oh no! Yeah, in this in this universe, Shakespeare's like a musician that invented uh, EDM. Right, 
chains. And that would make actual context for doing beat jokes because they could right. beat and beat and they could have Shakespeare's greatest beats. Whatever. We should write the remake. <laughs> we are writing this right now. <laughs> In real time. <laughs> I, uh, I just looked at my notes and it's now a script. That's why I'm having a bit of a hard time finding the plot points in this time when I'm like trying to read through it. It's because I'm like pawing through like lines of dialogue that I wrote without realizing it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But uh, so he's reading Romeo and Juliet lines, but he replaces the line sick and pale with grief with sick and peeling grapes. What light through yonder window breaks? It is the sun and Judy is the east. Arise, no, arise, fair east, and moon the envious sun, who is already sick and peeling grapes. And he, it's, uh, he also corrects himself to joke. roll an R, and it's, it's a joke. They, like, they should honestly just have the characters look at the camera and then say the word joke. <laughs> just as effective. Yeah, they should not make a joke and then look at the camera and say, joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and absolutely. then and then laugh track. Right, this, exactly. This show this, needs a this laugh show needs track. An, yes, absolutely. Holy shit! Just like the Bing Bong theory. <laughs> just, just like the does the little Bong theory have a laugh track? I I can't imagine it doesn't. You have to make sure you tell Gen Xers and Baby Boomers when they're supposed to laugh, otherwise they won't know to. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) For reference, dear reader, we refer to the Big Bang Theory as the Big Bong Theory and the Young Sheldon Show as the Little Bong Theory. (laughs) Scientists have theorized another medium bong in between the two. Maybe maybe we do a spinoff podcast, we call it that, the Medium Bong Theory. (laughs) I I will not be able to make it through doing (laughs) fucking... (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i say you... just like tapping the <laughs> oh razor. don't worry me and sam will host it you've done such a good job teaching us so far god <laughs> yeah no you guys just for saying that are gonna make me do the plot summary for it. <laughs> you're gonna be like oh like yeah it, what you? happens you're gonna go what happens next mike 10 minutes of dead air and then, like, ah. and then the little bong says to big bong <laughs> he says it's a green lantern reference and then you guys laugh a lot in place of the laugh track just <laughs> 20 minutes of laughter turning into tears I'd like to pause we- to appreciate that it took us a full year to go from uh, doing a podcast about Doug to doing a podcast about potentially doing a podcast about something else <laughs> isn't this how every podcast goes they fucking like run out of material and then start talking about other ideas well we have plenty of material here That's, we oh have over double material than what we started with uh huh <laughs> Oh, we're at the point where we're we were convincing ourselves that we actually wrote Doug. <laughs> As and an attempt the, to troll ourselves. And that the original <laughs> writers who are also us somehow know us and are talking to us. The time right, break has gotten weird. I'm hoping this gets uh, better once we leave it. God, I you know, dear viewer, when we're recording this, we all in it's summer right now, and we all individually turn off our air conditioning so that there's better sound quality going on, and we probably disassociate because we get overheated. Yes. I'm curious what's gonna happen when we go back to the winter time. Our brains will be super cool. <laughs> our brains are hyper focused. We're drawing connections we never saw before. Yeah, we're I'm just going like- to water cool my brain. <laughs> So I can overclock and think about Doug. (laughs) You're just going to waterboard yourself and say it's your brain. (laughs) It's for you, Doug. It's all for you. (laughs) It's to write a better script. I need to be totally lucid for this. I'm going to stick a straw into some liquid nitrogen and snort it up directly (laughs) into my head. FBI, I know you're listening. Dog time! Don't get any ideas, FBI. <laughs> yeah, please. Copyright. Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> this is not fair. It's copyright. Copyright. <laughs> My, the Funny Papers LLC. <laughs> anyway, oh skipping on forward a little bit. So Roger was reading Shakespeare, yada, yada, yada. 
I'm gonna get her to notice me. She's... You don't get it, Roger. She's not like other girls. She's different. And Roger responds, isn't it great? Yeah. Is it? (laughs) Maybe. At at this point, this is where you say something like, oh, this is why I'm attracted to your sister. Yeah, yeah. Even, even, oh, I think she's pretty. That, That would... That would that would be enough for me right now. Or even I re- I remember the time that she owned you so hard, funny. Yeah, it really yeah. was awesome. Like, there's reasons for anything, Roger to like her. Anything. <laughs> just give me anything. But no, he just is. He exists in romantic affection for Doug's sister for fuck you. Did you know that Judy and me have the same initials as Romeo and Juliet? I mean, that happens in elementary school, like... Yeah, you fall for a random high schooler. It happens all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And specifically because you have the same initials as Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, definitely. I'm horny for my victim's older sister, who, of course, this has happened to all of us. Is this the the psychosexual bit you were talking about? (laughs) Yes. Well, this is Doug imagining all this. Right. That's the psychosexual bit. This is the amuse-bouche. What comes next is, oh, it's so good. It's well, so good. I'm so happy about it. It fulfills so many very important parts of the mythology. Well, before we leave this scene, we're just about to leave this scene, but I, I do really like that the uh, the goons specifically, they say that they, that because Roger is doing this, they are now lacking an ac- adequate role model. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's actually a solid gag. I'll give Jake. Yeah, Boomer that. says that he's having an identity crisis, which I mean same right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, like, literally. <laughs> right. Not Actually, wait, shit. They set it up. There's two solid gags in a row here. Yeah. That's a new high score. I think it's because it was in this moment of writing it when we, like, barely came back to snap back to our own consciousness. And we're like, wait, we're better than this. Let's write a joke in there. And then, <laughs> and then we, we realize that, no, we aren't. Right, and then we snap back out of it. <laughs> <laughs> But now oh it is time God. for joke number two. And I'm joke dying. number two is set up well and has entertaining payoff, complete with human pain. So it is nighttime, and there is the sound of Roger quoting Shakespeare up at a window as he puts a ladder up against the wall and starts crawling up to... Definitely Judy's window as he does the Romeo and Juliet. Hey, I'm talking at your window scene. It is my lady. Oh, it is my love. Oh, that she knew she were. Won't you come to the window, my love? But then it's Mrs. Dink. Oh, it's the Dink's house. Tippy. Tippy. And Tippy what? says, Nice try, Romeo. But you're about 30 years too late. But what the fuck? He, he's been to Doug's house a hundred times. He was there mm-hmm. earlier today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's dark out. You cannot deny the sexual aura of Tippy Dink. <laughs> oh. That's right. Their house is a different color from Doug's house. Mm-hmm. If it was 30 years ago, Roger, I'd have fucked the shit out of you. She does say that. it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'd have given your green penis a hand job. Oh, my God. Well, okay, and also in this, when she says... Dink 30... is just in the corner jerking it furiously watching this. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but she says... When she says you're 30 years too late, does that mean she's been married for 30 years or that she is 30 years older than Roger? She's 30 years old. <laughs> no. It's been 30 years since she experienced any kind of sexual feeling whatsoever. Okay, so then she's been married Same. to Dink for 35. Yes. <laughs> well, she's been married to Dink for 29. Yeah, 29. That's what I meant to do the other way. Oh, shit. <laughs> damn it. Oh, I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> Don't be. I'm enjoying myself tremendously watching this. That's when he got his teeth removed, when he lost all his, all his teeth. <laughs> okay. It was a kink thing. Right, exactly. Without his rotten chompers, he just couldn't get me <laughs> off. God. Oh. But he needs but he goes to fucking. Don't you miss the time I was quiet? <laughs> he gave me so many UTIs. Anyway, so Doug is just like even though Roger's been to Doug's house fucking two hundred times, including earlier that day, he fucks it up and he goes to Mrs. Dink's window. Uh and he falls backwards into a bush. Breaks his spine, then... is now a paraplegic, the end. 
basically. Uh, and Doug is there and tells Roger he's at the wrong house. And then Roger gives him a letter. It is for Judy, and it is spelled J-O-O-D-I-E. Power move. Power yeah. move. So then the dumbest fantasy happens. Yes, this right? one is just absolutely nothing. I'm glad they put this one in instead of like explaining why Roger's attracted to Judy. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Doug just says, Judy liver or not Judy liver? That is the question. Hey, do you remember that thing? Do you remember the thing that had nothing to do with what we're talking about, right? And Doug's on a boat, like, <laughs> in this fantasy. Also, like, the, I guess the quandary in this episode is, should I deliver this letter or not? If he doesn't deliver the letter, this delays everything by a day, maybe? Yeah. Roger's just like, okay, I'll just come back later. And also, he has this quandary for about 10 seconds, and then uh-huh. the next scene is him delivering it to Judy. Yeah, uh-huh, right, that's yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's real tense. <laughs> Ten seconds of narrative tension, if that. Yeah, if barely. Uh, and he gives it to Judy, and then Judy opens the letter, and she reads it. And it's just a line from the Merchant of Venice. Who is Judy? What is she that all our swains commend her? Holy, fair, and wise, and great... Meet me at the Honker Burger at eight. Roger. And she and she she reads it and she tells us that it is from Merchant of Venice, except for the part of the end which says to meet her at the to meet Roger at the Honker Burger at eight. Sam, you were an English major. Do you remember if this is from the fucked up romance subplot in Merchant of Venice or the wholesome romance subplot in Merchant of Venice? I do not know, but it's kind of telling that they picked the most anti-Semitic play to quote from. Yeah. (laughs) There's also, like, there's a couple of standard issue Shakespeare romance plots in Merchant of Venice. There's also a horribly fucked up one that is just Uh a clown abuses the shit out of a woman until she won't talk back anymore. Uh, it's been a while um, since I've uh, cracked that one open. Jesus. Yeah. Just, <laughs> also, the Venice has some problems. In the background of this scene, did you guys notice the picture that's on the wall? Kinda. They're doing this on Doug's staircase. Like, the, uh, presumably, it's the funny family house. And there's just a dude on a portrait of a dude. It has I've never seen before. <laughs> we'll never see it again. And then, like, the eyeball moves from scene to scene. Oh, I didn't know that. And is watching us all. Literally, Doug's dad might be tanky, might be a haunted photographer. <laughs> yeah, actually, wait, come to think of it, now that I'm thinking back to, like, other other parts, there was another picture on the wall that was, like, it, like, kind of, it was, like, a picture kind of looked like Doug, except that he was wearing a yeah. cowboy yeah, hat. Yeah. No, and he, he was, like, it lo- sort of looks like Doug, but the hair is, like, the face is too big, the hair is all messed up. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But there's another picture that was on the stairwell in the same episode, like, when they were talking to Judy originally, it was, like, Doug with a cowboy hat, sort of, but he was, like, scowling. And there were three things that weren't humans that were standing in front of him smiling. And like, I don't like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) I was like, maybe this is like an uncle or something. But why would they have a single portrait of their uncle on the staircase (laughs) and no other portraits around? Right. Yeah, he's haunted photographer. It's got to be it. Deranged. And can I also say, okay, so this is the third play that Roger has referenced from Shakespeare in one day. So Roger has read three Shakespeare plays and internalized them in one day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Roger's a fucking genius. Oh, well, yeah, we know Skeeter is, so... Oh, true. That makes sense, that he's able to fucking burn through material that quick and remember all of it. Jesus. Like, fucking monster of a memory here. Oh, and... Okay, and hold on. Also, oh, there's also one other bit of framing here that I think is pretty important. Uh... So Judy wasn't able to receive Roger's call originally because she was at rehearsal, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was dark out. So the fact that Roger is telling her in this letter to meet him at the Honker Burger at 8 means that it is before 8, It's pro- but it's like well before 8. It's probably like 6, probably like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, right, yeah. uh, when he's doing this. And Judy is also wearing a coat in the scene when we see her. So it's cold out, and it gets dark before 6 or 7. Yeah, so this takes place in like the winter. Yeah. yeah, it has to be. It, it has to be. snow, but it, I guess. 
I guess, but it's like maybe late autumn or when, who knows, but this is when this is happening. So this is some sort of framing for this episode. This is on Thanksgiving day. (laughs) (laughs) Makes as much sense as any other date. Yeah. Let's go with that. Let's say this is on Thanksgiving. That's why he's having a date. (laughs) She's having a date at the Honker Burger. Burger. (laughs) Yeah. They were rehearsing for the Thanksgiving play. (laughs) Okay. So Judy is into it. She's into it after she reads this. She's like, oh boy, this guy sounds cool. He's quoting Shakespeare at me. She asks if he's tall, dark, and dramatic. And then there's a really weird moment here. Yes, there is. (laughs) Where Judy says that she can't keep Doug's friends straight. And she can't asks, keep all of your little friends straight, which is a great line out of context. Yeah, it's a great line out of context <laughs> and a great line in context. It's like, Roger, oh, is that the blue one? Yeah, which both Judy is our... knows they're the same person. Judy knows, goddammit. She does. But it's also a little weird because in addition to that, in addition to like, yes, Judy knows, this is the first time in all of Doug, that they've referenced the skin tones. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking weird, right? right. It's and like... You think it's like a whimsical just representation? No, that's actually like physical reality. Yeah. My man's actually blue. And like, it's so weird that it's like, it just comes out of the blue. There, uh, and that's what I'm not really meant. Uh, it just comes out of nowhere that like, she just says this. Like, imagine if your friend was just like, oh, is what if your sister was just like, oh, I don't remember all your friends. Is that the one that's this color? It's like, it's I, very, it's very surreal because I, at all, this entire time I was thinking that like the color choices was just like a whimsy type of yeah. like symbolic type thing where it's not actually their skin color but no that's there's, bl- there's a blue guy it's a blue guy it's literally it and while we're on this topic can i say that it's really weird that every family is the same color like the the the, the husband and wife of every pair um, are the it's same the color 1990s that's really not surprising I know, but it's, it's 1990s weird, in man. Virginia too. Virginia is um as of right now, like there's actually a kind of interesting thing on this which I wish I'd taken notes on. Once upon a time, there was an awful lot less of uh mixed race families in America. The yeah. single biggest thing that really happened was a bunch of nerds meeting in college during the 70s and 80s after some of the 60s civil rights stuff had gone through and then you had people who had been brought up on no actually were past this sort of and or had poor enough social skills that they never picked up on that cue in the first place and you started seeing some more after that but it really did take a while before they were even remotely common like the particular horror story on this one is you want to feel good about the march of progress through the ages look up when individual states laws against interracial marriage were repealed yeah there's a couple of them that made it to 2000 it's just fucking weird that like if their stated objective in this is that like oh we're in a which in itself is its own like yeah. fucked up like secret like you know uh, way like a badness of saying color. it ha, 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 ha. Yeah. yeah which is like a fucked up statement in general I like, don't care if you're that. purple green white or whatever but you better goddamn well marry another purple woman right it's so fucking weird. Uh, all right. Well, so as Doug, as she like says this and R- Doug is like, no, it's Roger. He's been here before. And she, Judy's like, okay, well, I know how to handle this. And she dashes up the stairs yelling, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> right? That's <laughs> what right. I do every time I go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe she's not even talking about Roger. Maybe she's talking about somebody else. I still have that guy who got me those Beats tickets for no fucking reason. Right, the guy who I stole the Beats tickets from. Well, so then, eventually she leaves to go meet Roger at the Honker Bird. Oh, wait, shit. That was Roger. 
We know Roger's a fan of the Beats. We know oh, Roger no. is skilled at getting his hands on Beat tickets. Roger yep. got her those tickets, and then she handed them off to Doug, and that episode happens in between this break and the next one. Yeah, it goes, oh shit, it's because, so he just says 8 o'clock. It doesn't say what day 8 o'clock, which I was like super weird about, right? I was like, oh, what what day does he mean? But specifically in that episode you're talking about, she said, my date for Saturday night gave me these tickets. Yeah. So, the, and, the, and the show wasn't on Saturday. Those were aside. Those yes. were an aside thing. Holy shit, yeah, that's where this goes. That episode Fantastic. takes place between this. Okay, that's really good. I like that. I like that a lot. And that's why she like doesn't give a fuck about like stealing it from him because she knows that she's about to like reject him. Oh no. right, yeah, she's about to just demonstrate. Oh, you think I can ruin your life, Doug? Oh, just <laughs> you fucking wait. Yeah. Have you so, ever seen what it's like when somebody humiliates you in public, Doug? Of course you have. <laughs> I'm about to show you it can be so much worse. Uh, uh, keep going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, Doug chases Judy to the Honker Burger. He's trying to stop her, but he can't catch her. And they get to the Honker Burger, and Judy goes right up to Roger, who's sitting at a booth by himself wearing a beret. She goes right up to him, and she does a bunch of, like, weird, like... Are they from multiple plays? Like, I'm stupid. Like, not even multiple plays. Multiple different movies, too. Okay, so it's just like a hodgepodge of quotes from stuff. Miscellaneous crap that Jim Jenkins and therefore, by extension, Judy has seen. Not a word, but I you find someone else. I am heartbroken. You Chad. Homewrecker! But you come crawling back, and I take you. And just as the postman arrives with a letter telling us of my inheritance, we die of the cold in each other's arms. <gasps> and so, mon ami, for your sake, I bid you farewell. Think well on me when you will. Adieu, adieu. The only notes I took on this part was the sentence uh the person that invented the honker burger was named mr honker burger mcdonald's <laughs> is that part of the thing she says <laughs> i think that's because i was so bored by this part a, that i just had part. to come up with something i think that's the first letter of uh every sentence she says that's what it spells out <laughs> or maybe maybe that's what the greek chorus in the back say in order to set the scene like there's some other people <laughs> in the side like her other artsy friends are just like yes dear reader you must know that the that the inventor of the honker burger was honker burger mcdonald's <laughs> e-i-e-i-o yeah. Also, the fact there's an back. entire fucking audience staring as she gives Roger the most overwrought "it's not you, it's me" speech ever. Yeah, yeah. She's she saying, also calls uh, Roger a Chad, which is very funny. And does she really? That, yeah, she tells me that they're communicating with us in 2020. Yeah, yeah that's like weird. a. That's a very... Chad Roger versus the Virgin Doug. Uh, yeah, that's an extremely, like, recent meme. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> God damn it, it is Chad Roger Virgin Doug. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so she basically does this weird, it's not you, it's me scene, and then she leaves without saying anything else. And everyone applauds. Everyone at the Honkerburger is watching this, and they are clapping, and they're losing her shit as she curtsies and leaves. And Roger is just sort of staring there like, what? <laughs> yeah, and she leaves, and she tells Doug, see, I knew I knew how to handle it. And then Roger leaves. Judy, they called the police. <laughs> Judy, how did you know who Roger is? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Always the one dressed in my beret. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, so, so everything worked out. Hooray. Uh, Roger leaves the Honker Burger, and he, uh, Doug is like, hey, well, them's the breaks, Roger. Sorry. 
And then Roger gets, he's like, wait, no, what are you kidding? You kidding? She's a fucking weirdo. Just like I thought you were a weirdo and she's even weirder. And she, and then he gives the flowers to Doug. (laughs) Goofier than you are funny, which I guess you didn't realize, even though you have a crush on this person. You know, definitely yeah. not you know, just, uh, he's definitely not saving face as he goes back to his emergency backup piece on the side. Yeah. He gives Doug the flowers, he gives him the hat, and he gives him the sunglasses. So everything works out, Doug says. So everything worked out okay. I would only have to put up with one insane person at my house after all. It's you. It's definitely it's him. Doug. <laughs> It's Doug. Easy. It's Doug who sees the moving pictures on the wall. <laughs> the haunted pictures. Hey, yeah. Hey, by the way, Doug, what would Quail Man do in this situation? Did he bargain with Robobone? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly, right? Oh, and then the goons show up and they're all dressed in skating gear and the same stuff that Roger was wearing. And Roger's like, man, you guys are stupid. Good thing you have me around. And they're just like, yeah, but you call those bourgeois plebs and pedestrian. And then Doug laughs. And that's it. it. (laughs) The moral here is me sticking my dry middle finger up my asshole. As always. But aside from that obvious truth, (laughs) the... I think the more what the moral Jenkins was going for here is we already did this episode. Don't worry about other people's love lives. Calm the fuck down. People can handle it. Or just the moral of don't do anything and everything's fine or. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) But both the finger up the asshole and the don't do anything. Everything's fine are kind of constants here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm doing both right now. Well, then let's end the episode there, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining. <laughs> uh, I'm so close. Oh my god, thanks for joining us on another episode of Funny Favors. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, hell, he's giving birth to young Sheldo. Bazinga! Bazinga. No. <laughs>